the Sports Inside podcast here on Anchor, and you can also find us on Spotify. I'm your host, Wesley. Um, Trace McSorley is about to start. Uh, over Lamar, Action Jackson. Woo! Trace McSorley, baby, as Maddie Fresh would say it. Uh, he throws it on dime. And uh, it's going to be great. So, um, Trace McSorley, about to start. Youth on, and um, it's interesting for me to say this because he it literally has COVID like as of today, and this is the interesting part about it because yesterday, um, when I talk about the AFC North, I put them in third place, and now that they don't have their quarter, now that they don't have their quarterback, but then they have the goat himself, um, I still think they're in third place, and I forgot to give the Bengals a record, I'm the dumbest, okay, um, I'm gonna go ahead and say seven and ten, I don't care really about it, um, horrible offensive line, they got Jamar Chase, they can do something, defensively they're pretty good, Jesse Bates is great, got snubbed from a pro Bowl. um, but besides that, um, Seriously, um, all jokes aside, um, they're perfectly fine in a situation where you think about um, how a team should um, be at, I guess. Um, And today, we're going to begin segment number one by speaking on um, Lamar Jackson is a great great quarterback with his legs and his arm. Um, and for him to be missing, really what you want to do is you want to, for him to be out with um, COVID-19, um, it's interesting to see how this affects the team and affects um, that division um, and how and how hard um, it will be for Baltimore if they don't get him week one. But good thing we're already in July, so hopefully maybe he will be out um, in early September. Um, Not not saying that it it would say good thing, but I want to see Trace McSorley start. I feel like most people want to see Trace McSorley start because he's got um, a song about him. So no one makes a song about Lamar Jackson, but people are going to make a song about Trace McSorley. He better be good at some point, but it it would just be funny to see him play, but, um, probably not gonna happen, um, but let's just pray for it to happen. Um, and to begin, you really just have to, like, look at it now. Um, I... Oh, I don't, I don't see anything wrong with Lamar Jackson. I just like, um, I want to see Trace McSorley do good. It's just a funny joke. All jokes aside, um, you had a great show for you today. Um, beginning with, um, talking, um, so... More news on Simone Biles of today. 
We're going to do the AFC South predictions. We're going to have like a, I guess, we're going to make it a really long show today because I got plenty of time and I really don't have to do anything else but sit here and talk sports. So that's what we're going to do today. Um, beginning with that news, um, and, okay, so, so apparently, um, we have a lot to get to today, um, so, okay, um, beginning with, um, Simone Bowser's withdraws from individual all-around final, um, and she's not going to be in the individual round either, um, and Reggie Bush won't get his Heisman back after NCAA decision, which is absolutely screwed. Um, this is really making me mad, uh, um, now, and, uh, it's interesting for me to look at because if I think about um, seeing a seeing somebody that should have their Heisman, it's Reggie Bush, and for the NCAA to deny this, to deny this, um, this like, um, this de- and this how this decision affects somebody. Okay, so if you win a Heisman and then you get it taken away. Um, and then they're not going to give it back to you, they might as well just take that away from every single player if they're not going to leave. They should take it away from Derrick Henry, but they won't. Um, I don't see Reggie Bush as a problem here. Um, He was one of the most dominant running backs we've ever seen in NCAA history um, alongside him. And it's just, okay. It's interesting to, like, okay, you get your input on um, that. But here, Reggie Bush is one of the most, okay, you could talk about NFL career all you want. Um, and you could talk about his NCAA career. And his NCAA career at USC can't be justified as you're going to take it away. Um, and I don't understand why you would take it away. Um, I don't see much from that. I don't see any. Um, so, basically, um, so 2005 Heisman Trophy will not be returned to former USC Trojans running back Reggie Bush. As um, ESPN staff writer, staff writer uh, Kyle Bonagura said today, um, although college athletes now can now receive benefits from their name, images, and likeness through activities like endorsements and appearances, NCAA rules still do not uh, permit. Um, do not permit um, pay-for-play type arrangements. Um, the NCAA spokesperson 
uh, person said the NCAA infractions process exits the promote fairness in college sports. These rules govern fair play are voted on agreed agreed to and expected to be upheld by all NTA member schools. So, um, this really, okay. So his season records and all of his records are vacated by the NCAA. This is absolutely madness. Okay, so you will not really go, okay. If you're going to sit here and vacate this guy's records away from because people are starting to turn to paid-for endorsements and likely, likely images of that, that's now. 2005 should not be vacated records because of this um, push that he's making now. It's been what? Okay. It's been um, 16 years since this has happened. Um, since um, the 2005 Heisman was given to Reggie Bush, and it has been it has been taken away and will not given and will not be given back anytime soon. So I don't see. Okay, he's just. Okay, this doesn't really. Okay, this doesn't really affect somebody. But seriously, you shouldn't, okay, vacate his records from 2005 after what he did in 2005. Um, And you could say all you want about um, your opinion on endorsements. Here, I don't see this as justified to take away a Heisman. Um, And I don't see why you would take away his Heisman. Here, this really doesn't make any sense by the NCAA, and I really think they they made a stupid decision here. Um, and I ple- I pledge for Reggie Bush to sue the NCAA um, a lot because this is not a this is not good at all. Um, and I feel like he would win in court, honestly. At this point, um, you take away his Heisman and you're going to vacate his records from 2005 because of how um, endorsements and likeness of players and their image on in the NCAA um, around sports is changing. Um, and there's, okay, so they're not going to consider uh, reversing penalties or pre- previously vacated records from past years based on recent changes to name, image, and likeness regulations that went into effect this month. Okay, so seriously, so although college athletes can now receive benefits from their name, images, and likeness through activities like endorsements and appearances, um, pay-for-play type endorsements, Okay, so he's not in the NCAA anymore. You're not giving it to him. And, okay, seriously, it doesn't make any sense. Okay, so they don't permit play for, pay for play type in arrangements. 
The guy was back in 2005, and, okay, he played back in 2005, right? So how does this justify what you're trying to make here? Okay, of course, people can show their likeness through endorsements, and, okay, that's great. But how does this justify you you, um, you not going through records and seeing that he needs his Heisman back? How does that justify where you can take away a trophy he worked super-duper hard for in his college career, and he made a and he made an appearance on that stage to pick up that Heisman, and he got that Heisman in 2005, and you're just going to take it away now, 16 years later, and you're not going to give it back? Okay, this will be the most stupidest mistake that we've ever seen the NCAA make in its history, and I stand by it, and I stand with Paul Feinbaum, and I stand with anybody with SEC, ACC, um, Pac-12, any anybody, any analyst that agrees that he should get his Heisman back, and it should not be argued at all. What I want Reggie Bush to do is sue the NCAA because you seriously need to get this figured out. Okay, and you're only the spokesperson, and you're telling me that you are not going to go through any records recording to this um, here. I'm literally outraged right now. I don't know why you wouldn't give the Heisman to one of the best running backs we've ever seen play in the NCAA. Okay, we've seen guys like Derrick Henry um, be in that conversation, and he's won a Heisman. So, looking at running back, running backs that won Heisman, so running backs that won the Heisman here. Um, It's ser- I I don't know anymore. Okay, so forty five Heisman winners were were that were running backs. Okay, so starting from here. Um, Eddie George, Ricky Williams, okay, so, when thinking about the guys that came before him, Archie Griffin, O.J. Simpson, um, George Rogers, Charles White, Marcus Allen, Herschel Walker, Bo Jackson, Barry Sanders, I mean, seriously, and then Mark Mark Ingram uh, Jr. got it in 2009, and then Derrick Henry won it in 2015, the last one to do it. So he was number 42 on this list out of 44 running backs that got the Heisman Trophy. And you are telling me 
in what Reggie White did, I still am absolutely shocked. For re- for what Reggie Bush did, um, yeah, I don't know. He should have definitely, um, should have definitely got his Heisman, and he should definitely have his Heisman. Um, okay, we're gonna look, we're gonna, I'm going to look at college stats here for him. Okay, for, mm, 3,169 yards, 25 touchdowns, with 13 receiving touchdowns, and He hit 1,740 yards with 16 touchdowns his junior year in the Pac-10. And you're telling me that this guy should not deserve his Heisman after a year of that? Okay, bud. Mm. All right, all right. Okay, NCAA, I'm just, like, outraged now because this is seriously the worst mistake that they've made. Okay, if you're going to rush for over 1,000 yards and have dope, and have over 15 touchdowns, okay, there's only certain guys that can do that. Not even James Conner could do that, and he went to Pittsburgh. And he didn't even get in Heisman conversation. Um, and he's horrible in the NFL, other than, like, a year of like a year or two. Okay? Um and so if you look at what he did in the NFL, um that's another one here. Um so and then he's going to go ahead and rush for five he's going to rush for 1,000 yards. Okay, he played 134 games. And... One thousand two hundred eighty-six yards rushing. And... 36 touchdowns. Of course, that's not all, like, super great numbers for a whole career... Um, but he did reti- he did get out of the league um, really really young. So when I look at what he did in college and what he did in the NFL, there's no doubt he should earn a Heisman, um, and he should get his Heisman back. Um, there, I don't see why you would justify that um, just because. Due to rules, he can't have it because in 2005, they, okay, so they changed the, um, the, like, the paid, the paid for endorsements there, um, in, in the NCAA. But how does this justify you take away a Heisman from a guy who 
deserves a Heisman and should have a Heisman. No doubt about it. That's where that's where I get um that's where I get kind of frustrated in this in this sense here. Okay, if you're not even a USC fan, and I'm not a Southern California fan, but when I look at what a impact a player has on a year on a year or a career in the in the NCAA or the NFL, um, they should at least get something. Of course, I said Jesse Bates got snubbed from a Pro Bowl um, earlier on in uh, the first segment. But here, when I speak on Reggie Bush, what he did in college in 2005, just because of change in um, in rules now, you shouldn't take a trophy someone hard, some someone works really hard for and worked their butt off to get. Um, and we've seen great guys come before him that did the exact same thing, but they still have their Heisman. Um, Eddie, guys like Eddie George, George Rogers, Herschel Walker, Bo Jackson, Barry Sanders, OJ Simpson. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't really get, um, where this comes from, but, um, in my opinion, you should give him back his Heisman, and we should fight for him to get his Heisman back. Um, that will pretty much end my um, tirade on what I think should happen with Reggie Bush's Heisman. Um, but I feel like that is just a great a great point to make in which whatever opinion you have on this situation, you can't ignore the fact that he was one of the most impactful running backs we've seen in the NCAA and one of the most great and had one of the best years we've seen out of 44 running backs taken, um, chosen for a Heisman. Um, And... I know that mostly now it's quarterbacks, but if another running back um, gets vacated of a Heisman, meaning they get their Heisman taking taken away at the running back position, we are going to have to say something else. Um, and we can say something because we'll see it with our own eyes. Um, but as Reggie Bush goes... Um, one of the best dominant NCAA run, running backs um, we've seen, and one of the best NFL running backs we've seen, um, with guys like Jerome Bettis. So that will pretty much end what I have to say. Um, also, Adrian Peterson and Frank Gore and Marshawn Lynch, um, and a bunch of other guys. But I still feel that this should um should really be um looked at as a moment where people have to speak up for something that should be earned and was hardly worked um to to reach a point and goal um in his career and he didn't and he worked hard to get it and he got it on that stage in 2005 and now he doesn't have it 
So that will end our segment. Um, number one, we will come back in with some more um, trade stuff as well. Um, more MLB trade deadline news. Um, look into what um, Marlins trading away Starling Marte will bring um, to Miami and um, more trade uh, news um, ahead of what could ha- possibly happen with the Houston Texans and Deshaun Watson um, looking for those three first round picks in next year's draft. Um, we will see what goes on um, throughout this um, week. Also, um, big important news coming up. Thursday, we have the NBA draft. Um, Friday, we have the MLB trade deadline uh, ending uh, for all trades to go in and um, come to an end. And um, we will um, have a special guest on um, later on as well. Um, He will join us for the AFC South predictions. That all coming up later on in the show, and we will go into our trade um, trade news coming in um, from the NFL and MLB, um, and a statement from Aaron Rodgers as well um, coming up in the second segment. And in the third segment, we will have the AFC South predictions and our special guest. All that coming up on the Sports Tonight podcast here on Anchor. I'm your host, Wesley Uthon, and we'll be right back after this break. Welcome back to the Sports Tonight podcast here on Anchor. I'm your host, Wesley Uthon, and we are back. We're going to be talking about um, more MLB trade deadline trades going on today and um, situation with Aaron Rodgers and Deshaun Watson possibly um, looking towards a certain um, sense of urgency ahead of the year. Um, Aaron Rodgers' statement um, in a statement today on Randall Cobb and um, his future with the Green Bay Packers. And um, what team, discussing what teams really could look for Deshaun Watson um, and trade with the Houston Texans for three first-round picks for next year's draft. Um, begin, begin, we will begin with, um, we will begin here starting talking, starting with, um, a interesting topic and what's going on, um, with the MLB trade deadline. Um, of course today, uh, we saw Starling Marte is traded from the Miami Marlins um, and the Oakland A's were fi- um, are finalizing a deal to acquire center fielder Starling Marte from the Miami Marlins, um, and Jesus Lazardo, um, for Jesus Lazardo, the left-hander, um, from the Oakland Athletics. Um, and Marte hitting 306 with seven home runs and 25 RBIs for the Marlins, um, this season, 
Um, and he missed earlier in the season for a fractured rib. Lazardo, though, 23-2-4 with a 6.87 ERA in 38 innings pitched. He has made 13 appearances, including six starts. Marte, who has a career hitter as a 288 hitter, um, is scheduled to become a free agent after this season. Lazardo under team control through 2025, um, according to ESPN's Jeff Passan. Um, all that, with all that being said, um, um, Starling Marte would be a great fit for the athletics. Um, it would be a great, um, he'd be a great center fielder for them. Um, and he'd be a great hitter for them. Um, it really, really make a lot of sense, um, to, to have that, and the Marlins want to um, advance a pitching rotation um, that really um, wants to be one of the best um, best rotations out there um, in this new year. So, um... And Aaron Rodgers today um, said that he considered retiring because um, he's not sure, he still wasn't sure if the Green Bay Packers um, would do anything to change um, here. Um, and he wanted, um, to, um, have the ability, um, to do his job and he didn't seem to get there. Um, and he'll be back for a 17th season, um, as quarterback here of the, um, Green Bay Packers with only one Super Bowl. Um, and it's a, it's a hard one, um, to... It's a hard one to speak on when talking about um, him and what he's done for the Green Bay Packers, winning them a Super Bowl, um, and winning, having them have a winning record, um, and having a great team. Um, it's interesting to see what uh, will go on. Of course, um, it will, it will, um, be a hot topic here, um, and I feel like if you are Aaron Rodgers, you're the leader of this team, and you are going to be that 
person in demand um, of your team and how you run a um, and how you run your offense. Um, with that said, he should be one of the best to ever play and will be one of the best to ever play. He should be a Hall of Famer and he will be most likely a Hall of Famer um, first ballot. So if you feel, if, if I look at what he's done for this team, there's a lot being said he wants another Super Bowl and they're not giving it to him. Um, this is all on the Packers. This is not Aaron Rodgers. Um, and Aaron Rodgers should be in charge of a team that he's been with 17 seasons. And he should be able to get weapons that he wants to have on his team. Um, and there's reasons why this should be um, the thing that he wants to do. Um, he wants to be in a good situation with his team, and he wants to see a change happen with his team. Of course, they're getting Randall Cobb. Um, but what he, what can he do, as I've said, is going to be the question on what uh, and how an impact he can have this year because of age has caught up with him and he's not the exact same as we saw um, before 2018 um, and getting traded to the Houston Texans. So if we see... Um, We see a drastic improvement of um, of Randall Cobb, and we see Randall Cobb um, from a long time ago. Then we will see a great Randall Cobb that gives that gives you a lot um, and gives you everything that you would ask for, and would give you um, speed and give you hands and gives you a lot of different things that we saw from him early in his career. And when you make um, that sort of uh, jump from being the guy, um, it would help um, to have a drastic change on the football field as a wide receiver for Aaron Rodgers, one of the best quarterbacks to ever do it, and one of the best quarterbacks now in our game coming off the MVP season. He needs something, um, and it are the Packers willing to give it to him is the question ahead of the 2021 NFL season. Um, with all that said, we will head into what is expected to happen with Houston Texans quarterback um, Deshaun Watson. Of course, all the, um, of course, all the allegations against him, um, and lawsuits against him are all civil lawsuits. Nothing is legal uh, yet. Um, in that case, um, Houston will trade with a team that gives them three first-round picks for um, the draft and. It's it's key for 
Watson to um, be the leader um, and be the guy that you can count on with another team because other teams um, will try for this. I feel like this is a Julio situation um, where you get first-round picks um, or they're not going to give him up. Um, and teams that could possibly trade for him, um, definitely New York, definitely, um, Denver, of course, Atlanta, maybe, um, in a couple years, maybe could trade if Deshaun Watson ends up staying for a year. Um, and what will go on is a key, um, factor in this at this point in time, um, we know that a trade can be proposed if they give Houston three first-round picks. Um, also, another NFL, um, also NFL news comes in as top picks in the draft signing deals. Um, Zach Wilson has not, um, signed a deal yet. Trey Lance did, uh, Trevor Lawrence as well, Matt Jones, and uh, Kyle Pitts has also signed a new deal, also signed his rookie deal, so um, Zach Wilson will not appear in training camp um, yet because of he needs the deal signed. Um, and the thing is, is, um, I would get the deal signed so that way you can see what he does, um, in training camp and practice, um, but he was not allowed to appear in the first practice, um, earlier this week. So that's interesting, um, to find that Zach Wilson is being held back from practicing because they can't sign his deal. Um, and this would be interesting to see if Zach Wilson gets traded. Um, because they can't sign the deal, can't sign the deal, um, with him. It's going to be interesting to see what goes on, but, um, whatever happens will be interesting and we will, I will keep you updated on that news. So, Ahead of segment number three um, coming up, we will have um, the AFC South predictions along with our special guest today. Um, And we will have Throwback Thursday come on tomorrow for the second time. um, And stay tuned for that player to be um, that player as we will go back in time to take a look at what he's done in the NFL. One, and it is one of the greats. We'll be right back on the Sports Tonight podcast here on Anchor. Um, We will talk more about what is expected to happen. Um, Coming up with um, our AFC South predictions ahead of the 2021 NFL season. 
Um, we will be right back after this break. Sports Design Podcast here on Anchor. And um, to begin segment number three, I'm going to move um, the AFC South predictions to tomorrow. And um, I will um, talk about the Olympics in this segment today, talking about um, the rebound from a loss against France. Uh, the USA men's basketball team um, beat Iran by 40 by 54 um, in an onslaught 120 to 66. And it was a great um, performance from Damian Lillard, um, Devin Booker, of course, in that starting lineup. Um, both guys struggled against France in the first uh, game of the Olympics that the USA men's basketball team played, of course. And it's interesting to um, note that there is a sense of urgency that um, goes into winning games. And when you go out and put on a performance like they did, um, it's a tremendous, um, it takes tremendous effort. And um, and an absolute gem as they put 28, 32, 22, and 38 all in four quarters of play. And... um, Um, Devin Booker played really, really well um, as he started as he started um, as he started um, the game alongside Devin Booker. Um, they made the change to um, give Devin Booker the ball. Of course, Drew Holiday um, started. Um, on the bench, too. We'll start in the starting lineup. So, that change really flipped the switch for um, USA, and the United States ended up winning really, really big by 54 points over Iran. And um, it um, really um, has made a difference For um, a game um, as they head to the medal round, of course. Um, of course, they won today. So on Friday, um, the women's will take on Japan. And. The men will have their next game up against um, the Zetch Republic and 
That would be July 31st. Um, 8 a.m. Saturday. Um, and it should be interesting because, um, it's great for, people to lead. So, um, USA is behind China and Japan for gold medals at 11. Japan has 13. China has 12. Um, and Australia has 6. And it should be, um, It will be interesting to see how um, they respond um, to keep um, a great, uh, great, strong performance going. Um, they need to be a lot better um, in games, but uh, I feel like um, the, U the USA um, men's basketball team did really, really, really well um, in rebounding after their loss to France, which snapped their 25-game win streak at the Olympics uh, since their loss in 2004 to Argentina in the opening round. Um, that pretty much uh, sums it up. Of course, um, Katie Ledecky in swimming ended up... Um, Losing one, um, but then she rebounded for gold in, um, the free, of course, um, and winning, and she makes history with that as well. So that will end our third segment, um, on the USA Olympics, um, and we will finish our show with talking about um, what is projected to happen um, in these in these tight division series in the mid in Major League Baseball, um, including a look inside the Yankees and Rays um, series, along with the Boston Red Sox and Toronto Blue Jays, and many more. Um, division matchups this week and weekend. We will take a look at the MLB um, live scores and um, a preview into your weekend starting um, fr on Friday and um, what to expect um, at the end of the trade deadline on Friday at 4 p.m. Eastern. It should be a lot of fun. And also, we will have um, a recap of the NBA draft on Friday, and along with uh, my live stream on Twitch of the NBA draft um, and everything in between. I will be doing that um, to preview that. Uh, so follow my Twitch at Wesley Youthon. And so we will finish um, our segment today with um, 
on Sports Detect Podcast, and we will finish with a MLB preview um, and live look around uh, Major League Baseball um, today, and we will preview um, the weekend series coming up on Friday, and we will have special a special guest um, in for a segment for the AFC South predictions. Um, and more details on that in tomorrow's episode of Sports and Act Podcast here on Anchor. And we'll be right back after this break to finish up our show with MLB um, scores from around the league today. We'll be right back after this. Welcome back to the Sports Inside Podcast here on Anchor. I'm your host, Wesley Uthon, and we will finish today's um, segment for our final segment of the show today on July 28, 2021, Wednesday, and we will um, finish it with some MLB scores um, and taking a look at what to expect um, for today. So, some games today already started. Um, Tigers and Twins, that's the bottom of the fifth, and Tigers lead um, the Twins 10-6 to in Minnesota. Along with the Indians, the Tribe winning at home against the Cardinals. Um, and the Red Sox and Blue Jays, a important division Divisional game, um, divisional series, I should say, um, in the AL East. Um, of course, you got your Blue Jays. Um, below um, the Yankees and um, the Red Sox seeking for that AL East pennant. Um that game is in the top of the fourth, and it is tied one to one in Fenway. And uh, we had um, this afternoon at three forty p.m. today, um, the Astros head to Seattle. Back in Seattle again today. Um, Athletics and in San Diego, Nationals and Phillies tonight. Um, And the Marlins at Camden Yards for the Orioles, along with the Brewers in the Steel City at PNC Park against the Pittsburgh Pirates. And then, of course, um, doubleheader between the Blue Jays and the Red Sox. Second game will be at 7-10, of course, in Fenway tonight, Um, along with these next games in the Braves and the Mets. Important divisional series there as the Braves below 500 and needing to get, um, needing to catch the Phillies, which they are a half game back um, with the Mets at the top of the division over the Phillies and the Braves um, by four and a half games combined. So, um, Yankees and the Rays, Rays two game, two games back of the Red Sox for the lead. The Yankees are seven games back of the Rays and nine from the 
Red Sox as we um, continue um, as we get to see game two today as the Yankees took game one um, against the Rays in at Tropicana Field in Florida. Um, we head to Texas where we see the Diamondbacks who are struggling at 31 and 71. Um, 33 games back of the lead in their division, um, the NL West, which is led by the San Francisco Giants. They'll take on the Texas Rangers um, in Arlington today. And um, the Reds and the Cubs will collide in a divisional game, in divisional series. Um, Cubs at home in in Wrigley uh, tonight. And um, the AL Central leaders take on the Royals in Kansas City tonight. Um, and they'll take on the leader in stolen bases with Merrifield and his Royals tonight at 8-10. Um, Rockies in the Angels, as we'll see, um, We'll see Shohei uh, get ready to go. Um, And what to expect from there as the Rockies took game one yesterday. Um, In the final game, the Dodgers and the Giants at Oracle Park in San Francisco. Uh, San Francisco leads um, that division of course, and um, both Dodgers and the Giants eyeing uh, Matt Scherzer. Um, That should be an interesting one. That game is tonight, um, 6.45 Pacific and 9.45 Eastern time um, in... Today, so look at the standings. Um, Astros at the top of their division, um, 62 and 40, followed by the Athletics at 56 and 46. Um, and the Mariners at 55 and 47, um, and the Angels at 50 and 50, just at 500, along with the Rangers at 36 and 65. Um, all four of those teams in the AOS are um, all four, all top four teams are over 500 or at 500. Um, White Sox at a commanding lead in their division, um, 60 and 41, followed by the Indians at 49 and 49. Um, the Tigers at 48 and 55, the Royals at 43 and 56, and the Twins at 43 and 59, um, 17 and a half games back of the lead, um, the Indians nine and a half games back, the Tigers 13 games back, and the Royals 16 games back of the White Sox. Um, Red Sox with a two-game lead over the Rays and a and a seven-game lead, um, and a nine-game lead over the Yankees, and a ten-and-a-half over the Blue Jays. 
and the and the Orioles 27 games back of the lead 34 and 65. Uh, Red Sox 62 and 39, Rays 60 and 41, Yankees 52 and 47, with the followed by the Blue Jays at 49 and 47. And the Orioles at 34 and 65. National League, uh, we flip over to the other side and we see the Giants lead the NOS, uh, 63 and 37. They are three games up on the Dodgers. Um, Dodgers at 61 and 41, followed by the Padres at 59 and 44. Four, they are five and a half games back of the lead, along with the Rockies and the Diamondbacks at the bottom of their division. Uh, 44 and 57 are the Colorado Rockies, 19 and a half games back behind the Giants in first place, and um, the Diamondbacks, 31 and 71, they are 33 games back of the lead um, in the NL West division. The NL Central, the Brewers lead 59 and 42, um, seven games up on the Reds and eight on the Cardinals, along with nine and a half on the Cubs and 20 and a half on the Pirates. Um, 59 and 42 for the Brewers, 52 and 49. Um, For the Cincinnati Reds, the St. Louis Cardinals at 51 and 50, with the with at um, eight games back of the lead in the NL Central. Um, the Cubs with a 50 and 52 record, um, fourth place in the NL Central, and the Pirates are 38 and 62, 20 and a half games back of the lead. Um, NL East division, um, the Mets lead by three and a half games, um, as they are seven and a half combined with the Braves and the Phillies, um, and seven and a half back are the, um, are the Nationals, uh. 53 and 46 are the Mets. Phillies are 50 and 50, right at 500. The Braves trying to catch the Phillies um, with 50 and 51, third place in their division, four games back of the first place Mets. And the Nationals, 46 and 54. Uh, seven and a half games back of the New York Mets, along with the Marlins at 44 and 57, 10 games back of the Mets in the NL East Division. And that will end our show today as we will um, have our special guest on tomorrow, along with the NFC, the AFC South um Predictions for the NFL season, along with a preview for the um, NBA draft, and who I think um, will be a dark horse pick uh, for that NBA draft, along with um, a live stream ahead of it um, later on in the evening. Um, 
on my Twitch at Wesley Uthon, I will be streaming my live reaction to all the NBA draft action um, ahead of that as well. Should be interesting to um, hear my thoughts on that, but that will be all later on um, tomorrow afternoon. Thank you all for listening uh, today to the Sports Insight podcast here on Anchor on this Wednesday. And as always, I will see you all tomorrow. Um, I'm your host, Wesley Uthon, and I'm signing out.